friend, move up higher. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Remember that Luke's gospel is the most literate of the gospels. It's, it, it, it assumes the kind of people who would be invited to a wedding feast and who would be trying to find the right place or who would even be giving this kind of feast. He writes to a world of, and he's the one Gentile writer. He comes out of a Hebrew, uh, delete the beginning of that sentence. He's writing to people who live in the prison of a contest of giving, of sorting out who is honored and who is dishonored. And those are the, 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 the two main terms in the first story here. If someone comes who is more honored than you, then with shame you will be sent to the back. And if you get called forward, you will have glory. And the whole Greco-Roman economy was built on the contest of seeking after honor and seeking after, after glory. And the last thing that, you, the last thing that, would want to, that you would want to happen is for you to find exactly this sort of setting where you have received more glory and honor than you actually deserve. Now, I don't, our world is configured a little bit differently, and yet we still have these sort of considerations. I don't know about you, but I have, uh, this passage became really important to me in my life when, you don't need to know the details, but there were a couple of incidents in which I found myself in a position where I was exposed as not really, I shouldn't be there. I didn't have what it took to pull off what I had been asked to do, and I had accepted it because of the honor of it. And it was profound, profoundly shameful for me to have everybody realize, kid doesn't know what he's doing. And I had to go figuratively to the back of the room. And it was, then I came across this passage, and it was so freeing to realize that I, I was going to be okay. And that the voice that really mattered was my master's voice. The, you see, this is a parable, right? So it's not really literally talking about wedding banquets. It's talking about our place in life and that there's lots of striving that we can do to look better than we are and to look more important than we are. And at some point, we're going to be found out. And the thing to realize is the amazing grace, again, it's a parable, the amazing grace of the fact that though we don't deserve the invitation at all, we've been invited to an amazing 
marriage feast. A marriage feast in which not only are we going to be guests and guests of honor, but in the Christian story, we're going to be the bride. And our groom is going to be there. And our groom is going to say, friend, beloved, oh, I've been running the whole of history so that you and I could be at this table. And just the very fact that we're invited to the marriage feast means I don't care where I sit. I'm just delighted that I'm there. And for me, it was so, I don't know, the exhaustion of trying to find your place and work it all out and like who gets to sit in what seat and Am I getting enough recognition? Am I getting noticed? If I go sit in the back, will anybody notice and just leave me there? Or do I just, you know, do I just try to make myself look better and better and, and work my way up? It's exhausting. And Jesus wants us to know that we can be freed from that exhaustion. Because heaven itself has been offered for free, for freaking free. And all we have to do is open empty hands and receive. And then the the second part of the story works for us as well. Because now Jesus turns to the one who put on the party. And the part of what you do when you throw a party back in the Greco-Roman world, was you're carefully, you're carefully assessing who owes you and whom do you owe. And so you invite people to repay previous hospitality extended to you and to create an obligation on, the ha- on behalf of other people who, now that you've invited them, they're going to have to invite you. And documents, documents describe the career of people from this world who literally bankrupt themselves because they're paying off debts of hospitality and they're trying to put other people in in their debt in contests of giving in the quest of glory and honor and it was exhausting metaphorically and literally It would wear you out, and it could exhaust your resources and send you to the poorhouse. And Jesus is saying, look, when you're doing all this stuff to try to build your career, you know what's happening is that people who really could use your attention are getting left in the dust. The poor, the lame, the disabled. Payback that counts isn't going to happen in this life. What's really interesting here is Jesus is in the home of a Pharisee. And Pharisees are the people who believe in resurrection. But these Pharisees are just acting just like their Greek and Roman neighbors. As though there were no fair, as though there were no resurrection, and they have to get everything they can out of this life. 
And he's saying if you really believe in resurrection, you're not going to worry about getting paid back in this life. And guess what? That means you're going to be free to care about other people. And so we have a really simple lesson today, boys and girls. In the world of the selfie, in the world of inflated resumes, in the world of I have to get to the front of the line, we can say, you know what, don't need that. All I need to be listening for is the voice of my friend in heaven who, whether now or later, will say, friend, come up higher. And in the meantime, I can be present to the people who are around me who need his love. I contend that the reason that the faith is not as widespread today as it could be is not because we have not made great arguments for the faith. It is because when the world looks at the church, the church sees less of this and more of how do I get to the front of the, how do I get to the front table? And when the world looks at us, the world sees less of caring for one another, caring for the wounded and the broken and the hurting, and sees people who are looking, do, am I getting reciprocity? Am I getting what I need and deserve? And one of the things that, honestly, I've found so charming about this community, about you all, is that you model for me and the people that I have gotten to know just this willingness to go and just be glad to be invited to the marriage feast and to be on the lookout for the people around you who need an embrace, who need a word, who need some support. And I'm just here to say, keep going. Love well, as you are doing. Love well, for you are well loved. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.